This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Florians United. United. Oh <laughs> well, today's about rival, uh, rivalry. Rivalry. Rival. Rye. Rye. Rivalry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today it's about rivalry. <laughs> Rye. Rivalry. 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 Okay, um, yeah. Okay, so, so today we're talking about rivalry. Thank you. <laughs> and I was trying to think of like a subject that I can think. I can, and I'm going to talk about the imaginary rivalry I have with my siblings. Mm. Um, I come from a really knit family. Uh, my close knit family. Yeah, close-knit family, sorry. Uh, we're, we're rather close, and even when we were young, like, of course, there were the families, like the, the sister-brother uh, squ- uh, squabble. squabble. Guys, I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> English <laughs> is hard, okay, today? Um, well, like, but to be honest, we were close, and my parents were really good at not making us see ourselves less valuable than the other uh like my parent never expected me to be as good in math as my sister because my sister was a genius in math and I wasn't um but I still wanted to be better than my sister and like my sister and as good as my brother and I always like in my head in my still still to this day like they're perfect and they know what they're doing and I'm kind of just trying my best and I'm never as good as them and even with now like they have a family and, and a house and they have a good job and make good money and I told that to my brother not long ago and he was like okay first you're not allowed to compare your salary with mine because I work in mine and the mining industry is like a different world and second like I'm kind of impressed that you wear we work for an airline company and like I've talked with pride about like with pride of what you do and it's not about the job you make it's about like if you're happy in it that's that's the only thing that matters to us you know and it made it made me realize that like and also like the house market in montreal is impossible i'm in val d'or which is like six hours up north to montreal like and it just like made me realize that all the rivalry, the rivalry or like the competition I had to be like them and to be better than them was totally in my head. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, like, of course there, like I could have gone with like sports story or stuff, but I think there's a lot of thing that you think is a rivalry and it's not. Yeah. And I, yeah. Uh, that was my story. So you know what that makes me think about? It makes me think about like on Facebook when there's this, you know, this thing that we talk about a lot where like people only put their best selves yeah. on Facebook and then like everyone's comparing yeah. themselves to this fake yeah. like idealistic version, right? Because I'm, I might not necessarily write like, well, sometimes I might be like, I'm having a shitty day, send cat pictures. But, you know, for the most part, we're saying we're talking about our accomplishments. We're saying I moved, I got a new bunny, I started a new job, I did this, I did that. We're not saying like today was a mediocre day. Like, and so we're comparing ourselves to each other in a way that's unrealistic. And I think that that's kind of like what you're talking about with your siblings where like, right, like we're not, we talk to them, you know, let's say we're hanging out with them every couple of months and we're just sharing the highlights. We're not sharing, oh, my, you know, my niece, her name is Clemence, like, oh, Clemence, like 
through a giant tantrum every day this week. Like, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Right? Or like what, you know. And like, even if when we talk about struggle is how we overcome <laughs> or how we're trying to overcome it and not how like, uh, yeah, it's just, and it, it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting. I, I like the social media aspect of it because we do live in a world that makes you think that the others know what they're doing and you're not. And something I'm realizing more and more the more I grow up is being an addict is just like pretending you know what you're doing. Yep. Everyone's just pretending. It's just different levels of pretending. And I and it's kind of bad because like if we all agree that we don't know what we're doing, the like kind of stress we were under will like lower so I much. I also <laughs> think that like as we get older, there's this weird like unspoken competition of like who has a house, who has kids, who has the best job. Yes. And like it's not – it. You know what it reminds me of? This is just like a lot of things reminding me of other things, but it reminds me of I'm, I'm a nanny, right? So I work with kids and I see a lot of like, well, my kids started talking already and my kids did this and my kids took their first steps and parents being like, parents come to me like as their nanny being like, well, they're not talking yet. Is that okay? I'm like, my my friend's kid is this old and they started talking over it. I'm like, it's not. we. Uh, fr so from birth, we start comparing ourselves to other people. You know, like, or it's, we're it's comparing really our kids to that, other people, you know, because um, every time I go to uh, I go to my nieces, uh, either like in uh, at my brother or at my sister, my pa and I'm with my parent, they remind me like not to compare the ki kid mm -hmm. to each other. And I think that's something that they genuinely did in my family. Like the more I think back of my childhood, uh, they never pit us against yeah, one which another is good. And on that, like kudos because it's not like i'm a three kids family and it's not known to yeah. be like that but like my my first niece uh, clemence is kind of a genius like she started to learn to write and read on herself for fun yeah she's like a, she's like ahead of the curve yeah and meanwhile we have my my brother's uh daughter who's She's in the curve and she's totally right, but she doesn't like to read and, and write. She likes to play outside and roll in the mud. And we could say like, oh, one is smarter than the other. Absolutely not. Yeah. They're just different. But I think it's smart. interesting that we start comparing. And I mean, that's not, that's external, right? That's like us comparing our children to each other. But then kids are mm -hmm. seeing that growing up and learning. We learn at such a young age to compare ourselves to other people and to have these, um, rivalries with each other and I think it, what's also interesting is and we see this I saw a lot of this in this episode is when we have rivalries with ourselves um yes oh yes yeah, there's a, a lot of, of a lot of self-rivalry happening and I and I thought about yeah. that a lot with with you too because we've talked about this before on the podcast but like with having where you personify your depression or your anxiety mm -hmm. as different things and some sometimes for a while it was like this old lady with a bun right and um yeah and I think it's like that like you're having a rivalry with part of yourself yeah yeah it, it's totally that and like lately at work it's been hard and I had this rivalry about my against myself of like oh I, I like I'm gonna continue to work or do I want to and am I doing that because that's what people thinks I like I know people thinks better of me because mm. I like my job and my job is prestigious or because I, I want my job and like I'm still like in, in decision but like there's always this rivality I think within ourselves of is the decision we're making yeah. are we making them the right decision? yeah definitely anyway we could talk about and, this forever uh, 
But let's yeah, leave but first. But let's uh, do our 30 second recaps. Who's turn to go first? Mine? Uh, okay. Yes. Um, I'm going to compose myself okay. for a second. Okay. Ready? Okay, so uh, they're trying to bring Alice back. They do bring Alice back. Um, Quentin and Julia and Mayakovsky uh, uh, bring Alice back, and Alice is all pissed about it. Um, and then Elliot is trying to get back to Fillory because he's been banished. Um, and they meet Ember and uh, are able to... Well, we don't see that happen, but are able to get back to Fillory eventually. Um, and uh, Reynard, Our Lady Underground, they get Reynard, but then Julia gets her shade back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shouting nouns and names of people. Yeah. Reynard, yeah. Our Lady Underground, shade. We always end up doing that. Okay, ready, set, go. So uh, since Margot and uh, Elliot are not in Fillory, Josh becomes the High King and he's a terrible High King. Meanwhile, um, Penny is in the poison room with Sylvia and she dies, but he doesn't, but he gets the books for Katie. Katie, who end up having to kill Kane to get his power to make the God, uh, the God piercing bullet that they almost tried to kill Reynard, but she asked for mercy to Julia. Julia gets pizza and... Uh, and uh, <laughs> And Alice are nice. life weird. Well, that was good. We complimented what the other one left out. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about it. Sylvia's death went in vain for me because I forgot about that. So I, I went and uh, and looked at the description of our rivalry, mm -hmm. and I rivalry. think we should like go back to it when we try to see uh, the because is a either a situation in which people, business, etc. Uh, compete with uh, each other for the same thing or one or mm -hmm. one two or more striving to reach something that only one can have and i think i would like mm. to like go back to that every time we try to see the rivalry what is the thing that they try to have also miriam webster is, i have a, such a better one than the can yeah it's in, yeah it's been interesting like as we uh as we look up definitions each episode, like seeing what definitions I feel, who has better definitions or. I always end up with, yeah. see, rivalry against them. <laughs> no, you know, what's so interesting though, is that is like when some, it, what drives me bonkers is when some uh, definitions use the word they're defining. It's like when it's like rivalry, when people are rivals and I'm like, what you can't, yeah. that's literally the rule of definitions is you can't use the word you're defining. Shame <laughs> on you. But do you want to do it uh, as a X versus X kind well, of That's episode? actually kind of what I wrote down. Like I wrote most of my My favorite so one is Josh versus Hakuna Matata. Okay, let's go with Josh. <laughs> okay. I think uh, Oh my god. Yeah, let's go with, We don't okay, have to so, start with that. That's just my favorite one. No, no, no. Let's let's go okay. with this one. Josh versus Hakuna Matata. Situation in which uh, one can compete with each other for the same thing. What is the same thing? So only one can I possess. feel like well I feel like this is more of a uh I can't think of the word but like like essentially I feel like Josh has this ideal of what Hakuna Matata is and like and it's the the realization that that ideal doesn't work. Yeah, and that's like, what I was it's saying. It's more because... of a um like a, 
an ideal. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's it's not like a literal rivalry, right? No, no, but like that, the, the fact is, Joss doesn't take seriously his job of high no. king, because the first thing you get is it's get you get high with. He's the, the high king. He's the literal <laughs> high king, and the moment it gets serious, he's yeah. freaked out. To be fair, the moment and, it gets serious, he's um, like splattered with four people's blood. That's fair, but still, like it didn't. I think like it didn't took it seriously yeah, until no, then. I agree. And it, like even when Margot come said like, "Oh, you're gonna come and help me," yeah. he doesn't try. He's, he's just getting high and trying to get bone. So and it's really um, one like uh, he gets attacked by another kingdom for like which is another rivalry there. Thing. Yes, we're gonna have to go back there, but he learned the consequence of what it is yeah. to be a king, and. They, um, the and the fact that for me, what like struck me with Josh is the thing that will make him go to like start to mm-hmm. act and go to the fairy world at the end is Fen yeah. asking for help. It's side Not character Margo. to side character. I said, I said, go it's ahead. supporting character to supporting character. Yeah, no, no I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like, <clears throat> like when Margot asks for help, she's like, no, I'm not going to say please. Just like fucking help me. But Fen is like a more genuine person. And I feel like it's the difference between when someone's like bossing you or like when someone bosses me around, I'm much less likely to help them as to, as opposed to when so, like I'm yeah. seeing someone being dragged away, like, oh my God, please find me and help me. Also, to be yeah, fair, like the, he was the, also the... high when that happened. So... Both at the, uh, both yes, at the but different kinds high. of high. Like, like sure. he, you know, I'm just saying that when he decided to, when he literally had the potion in his hand, he and went to Fen, he was he was high. So, like that, I don't know. Like, yeah. would he have made the same de- decision sober? Possibly, but like, that's just something to consider. But I, I, I like what what you say about the idea of. Like Fen, it was like, oh yeah. my god, please help me. Meanwhile, Margot, it was like, yeah. I'm not even gonna say please. Like, yeah, and which is funny because in the end, you end up like yeah. being with Margot. <clears throat> hey, don't don't eat that. So, Hold on. Um, so that's the tale of Penny. Yeah, Penny, Meredith. She was we, we kept eating your notebook, but she's a baby. I also um, wanted to. I mean, wanted to go to the the. I mean, the more literal. So it's funny because there's this more like sort of figurative. That's the word I was looking for. Don't eat that either. Stop. The more figurative um, rivalry as opposed to the more literal rivalry of like Josh slash Fillory versus uh, Prince S slash Loria, where they're, you know, uh, essentially he wants to know what's going on with his dad. And Josh is like, oh, he's a rat. Which, to be fair, was the truth. It was the truth, but I think it was the delivery. It could have been uh, delivered more diplomatically. Exactly. And, and, yeah, I I just find find that, like, I I think that him, like, not taking him, not, like, delivering it so, like, uh, kingly is what made them attack. Yeah. Because S was ready for war. Yeah. You know, and it's like the second time he almost like got them into war. Anyway, yeah, he's a cis man. Eh. <laughs> um, 
Okay, uh, let's go with... Um, mm, mm, who do you have else? Oh, Because I, I have a lot of verses. I have... Well, so the I, I'm just like going down the list in order, but the first thing that I had was uh, in the beginning, Q gives some really great speeches this episode. He's taking his meds. He's living his life. He's put his yeah, I wrote Q gets feisty and he's kind, LL is kind of turning. Yeah, um, basically... But yeah, I think like he's just done with everyone. Yeah, like in the beginning, but in the beginning he gives this really powerful, like he's, there's sort of this fight against him, this, you know, him and Mayakovsky. There's this little bit of this rivalry rivalry where they're both trying to get what they want, where Mayakovsky's like saying, no, I'm not going to do the thing. And he's like, well, let's do Mayakovsky versus the world. Let's go with that. But I was sort of, but at this point it's like Q versus Mayakovsky, where they're going back and forth. That's what I mean. The world, because there's also Mayakovsky versus. Oh, oh, oh I understand. Um, but then Q gives this speech that's basically like, "Hey, you need to have personal responsibility for the shit that happened with Emily, which is why Alice went to break bills in the first place to find out what happened to her brother because her brother, you know, died trying to help the mess that you created, trying to help fix that mess, and then Alice ended up dying." Then that's the only reason she was at break bulls in the first place was because of the mess that you created. So like have some yeah. personal responsibility for that. And my coffee's like, yeah, like after it gives that speech, it's just like, then it's a cut to them working on it. He's just like, not, it gives a little nod and he's like, yeah. But that, that's the thing with my is he'd say how much he doesn't care, but he does a lot. And he like, <laughs> it, it's with his wit and his meanness that he'd end up like pretend like being mean and being like oh i don't care whatever but the moment like you're bringing him back to like hey here's the reality he's gonna help uh let's go with alice then because like after that he tried to engage with alice and i think he engaged with her because he's really curious of like thing that she knew as an if and he didn't know and Michael, he's a curious man. He, I think yes. he loves learning. He's an asshole, but a curious Was he a knowledge student? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. Probably. I think, that would be Yeah, I guess. think he would be. And um, so, like, and when Alice is like, oh, fuck you, I don't want to talk, he's the one that say, you hate the world? Well, you have the fucking power to fix it. That's why magic exists. And you, we got, like, lucky that we know magic exists. So use it to fix the world instead of, like, whining on your ass and i like that like if he got called back by q he called back alice after that but also i just want to say that he, he when uh when he give her aggro and alice like look at him judgmentally he say what well, drugs are fun and i i like that we see two way of use of drug uses in this episode okay i'm gonna <clears throat> ask Here's here's some personal tidbit. As someone whose father was a drug addict and took my Adderall when I was a child, please don't take drugs that are not prescribed to you. Oh no, like taking Adderall to focus. <laughs> yeah, I just want. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to like put that in there. Like, totally. Please. We we do not condone taking drugs that are not prescribed. Well, yeah, to you. Uh, especially drugs that are meant for your brain to do something. Yeah, like it can be very dangerous and cause addiction, and you know it's 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 bad, guys. And like we we like kind of joke about Josh having a bong, but like it's a diff- there's a difference between Josh and the bong and the pills. But yes. I, all I wanted to say is like we see the use of drugs using differently. One was more recreational, recreational, and the other is more like to focus. And like when you, I remember when you were not really well diagnosed with your Adderall and you were taking too many, uh, too much. 
too much. When you are taking too much, um, you are only taking it when you need it to focus and write. Yeah. And I think like some people, that's how they take their Adderall. I don't think it's, I'm not here to judge and say like, that's not how to do it. But all I, I'm saying is there's a way that you can use drug and make it good and like use it for good and making yourself advance and do what your brain needs to do versus numbing yourself and getting high and not caring about a kingdom. Yeah. I I also think, I think there's a lot going on with Alice too. I think there's, yes. there's sort of like this Alice against versus Quentin of Alice being like, why the fuck did you bring me back? And Quentin being like, I did this for your own good. And I think part of Alice sees that, but part of her is just really mad that she, like she had access to all this magic and now she lost it. Um, yeah, I think I think we see that when Alice Shade thank him at the beginning. Yeah, before she's reunited with Alice, let the Shade takes the time to say thank you, mm-hmm. probably because she knows that, that part the of her. Part, yeah, yeah, the Nissen part will. Um, so just for fun, uh, what does she compete to have between for herself? Is it like back to the knowledge of magic, or more like back to her state of Nissen? I don't know that this definition of rivalry works for all of these. Hold on, the landlord, landlord is calling. Hello? We're back! Hooray! <laughs> yeah, sorry, our landlord had to come and fix something by us telling him, have you thought of going to the store and buying it? Yeah, he's interesting. He was like, he was like, are you sure it's leaking? And I was like, yes, there's water. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, I know what water looks like. like I don't know what to even say to him. <laughs> Bizarre. No, I'm not sure. Maybe that water isn't a leak. Maybe it just appeared. Anyway. So, uh, we're talking about Alice, we're weren't we? Alice, yes. Yeah. Um, did, so I had written down like Alice versus time. Huh. Um, because like she yeah and because like she is running out of time to remember all of this stuff that she has as a niffin and she's like like she keeps saying like i don't like mykovsky's trying to talk to her she's like i don't have time i have time for you um and uh yeah so i was i was thinking about about her sort of like that's something that she's gonna chase all of season three on on, until fan calls her out on it but Mm. The idea of knowledge, of having to know everything. And I, I think Alice never, before her being a Niffin, never, like, she loved learning, but never, like, liked magic. Mm. And after that, magic was everything because she understood it. Yeah. I think uh, Alice feared magic before because it killed her brother. Mm. And as a Niffin, she discovered what it was. Yeah. And now that she's back as a human, she's like, but I want more. Because yeah. I could have, you know? Yeah. It's, it's sad. Do you think uh, that's, that, that's, uh, okay, two questions. Okay. First, first, uh, first question. It's not a question. It's more a remark. But in the books, it's at the end of the third book that Alice come back. Okay. Do you think that they went and brought her too soon? I was surprised by the end of the second season. Um, I think it was probably related to like f- fan stuff and like not wanting, like she's a beloved character and not wanting to let it go too long without her coming back. Well, we could have seen her as a Niffin. 
That's fair. But to be fair, like we don't see her for well, like a book. But they need something for Quentin. So they need a plot for Quentin. They needed something for Quentin to do. Well, that was the seven keys. That's season three. Yeah, they switched them. Right? No, basically. Like, no, I'm saying Quentin in is... this season, in season two, they needed a plot for Quentin, and that plot was bringing Alice back. That's his whole plot. Uh, he wouldn't have been yeah, doing he... anything, <laughs> or they would have had to come up with a different plot. So I, I think True. that's why. I think it was more logistical reasons they needed a plot for him. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> and the second, uh, the second thing, uh, do you think he did the right thing? To bring her back. I think it was, uh, no, I think it was selfish. I think that he should have just dealt with her being gone. And I think that he didn't want to grieve. So he brought her back. I don't think he was doing it for her. I think he was doing it for him. I, I don't think so either. But we know now that Alice as a Niffin was a, an agent of chaos. and Yeah, but I think I think he should have found a way to destroy her as a Niffin or to trap her as a Niffin. It should have, he should have trapped her in a box. Um, Not bring her back. Or destroyed her. I don't think he should have brought her back. I think that was for him. I think I think her anger is is rightly yeah placed. I agree. It, at, at first, I never understood why she was that pissed, and this rewatching, I'm like, yeah, that you was know what like, it makes me think it. of. So there was this like expose that I was reading about. So you know Tom's shoes, they their whole brand. They're the shoes that I have a lot of, the little flat ones. Oh yeah. Their whole brand is that you buy a pair of shoes and they give a pair of shoes to someone in need. And I was reading, I don't know if it was Adam Ruins Everything or it was something like that, but I was reading or watching something where they were talking about, how, I think it was Adam Ruins Everything. They were talking about how the people in those countries didn't even want or need the shoes. And it makes me think of like people doing things to make them feel like they're doing a good thing. There is there's something called uh, uh what is this is ecotourism or whatever it's basically like people that go in like poor region and build schools yeah. and it costs them like two three thousand dollars and and to build a five hundred dollar school why didn't you give the two thousand dollars yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, but I think there's this idea of like Quentin was doing a thing to make him feel like he was do, doing something and to sort of like cheat his grief. And yeah. meanwhile, Alice is like, that's, you were doing this for you. You weren't doing this for me because this isn't what I wanted and I'm mad at you. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there, I think there are things that we do like to help people and sometimes they can be mad at us, but it's right. Like I'm, I'm thinking of a time where um, a friend of mine confided and so we have to put a trigger warning yes. for this, but my friend, a, a friend well, no, of mine, yeah, confi confided that they were harming themselves. And I went to the nurse and I, or the guidance counselor or someone, and I, I kind of uh, snitched on them and they were really pissed at me. And then like, they didn't talk to me for a while. And then like, however many months later, they were like, thank you for doing that. And I think that that was a time yeah. where I was, I wasn't doing that for me. It didn't affect me at all. Um, but like I was doing that because I knew that was what was right for them. And I don't think that's what that was here. Yeah. I think Quentin was doing it for himself with the, with the guys, yeah. with the I guys that he was doing it for Alice. I think he convinced himself well, I that think he was that, doing it for Alice. Yeah. And I think a lot of, that's what happened with a lot of the guys in the magician. And it's a good uh, critic of it is how they take power away from women mm. a lot. Their agency, like something happened to Julia in the fort and Penny has to decide something critical mm -hmm. for her and she's pissed at his choice because she didn't have any and okay let's go to another um another show but uh for the second but the witcher jennifer wants to have uh, yeah spoiler alert by the way jennifer wants to have a baby and when Gerald was is, is like why and he, she's like it's the choice of having mm -hmm. 
isn't the baby it's itself yeah. like the, it's the idea of get the, and i think like in the end alice like at the choice of being an infant and wanting to stay in and he took away and that like, choice nope. yeah and assumed yeah. that he knew it was better for her yeah did uh, do you know uh, just uh, as someone that didn't read the book why uh what were the, the battery for for Mayakovsky? oh i thought that he knew that everything was going to shit and he was just like saving it for a rainy no. day. Um, well, that's what he says. The real, the real thing is he, he was saving magic to uh, to break the bond he was under. Ah. So he break this out, and Quentin managed. That's why, like when uh, when uh, some uh, I, I don't remember who tell that to Quentin. Like it cost him a lot mm. what he gave him because it yeah. cost him his freedom. Well. Um, um, okay, so uh, I also I just wanted to, to point out that we see a lot of like the mm-hmm. duality with Alice, uh, with, like Alice versus herself in the lightning. I don't know if you noticed, but the, a lightning, lot of the lightning she has is like, light, lightning, the, is, lightning, lightning happens later yeah, in the episode like with a, Persephone, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the lighting is uh, like it's either like uh, super dark or super white mm-hmm. like it's uh, there's like a big contrast there's mm-hmm. no shade in between and I think that's like or we can see in that like her dark side and her, her bright side and the more the episode goes the less dark and like mm-hmm. shadow we see inside her and we know that she's gonna struggle with that for a long time but I like this idea that the 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 we can see part of her mm-hmm. soul via the lights that's what the same when Catherine went to <laughs> cinema school. Um, what I wanted to say was that, so go, uh, going to Quentin for a minute, because we're talking a little bit about Quentin and, yeah, and Alice. About him. Um, I thought w- I, there was, there's this moment in the episode where Elliot comes to Quentin for, you know, help with uh, his, you know, banishment and getting back to Fillory and they're sitting together <laughs> And it's one of my favorite moments when Quentin just like slides off of his chair and Elliot's like, okay, we're doing this now. And just like does the same motion and slides off his chair and they're just like, and I was thinking of like, is friendship the opposite of rivalry? Like when you're working together and you have the same goal and you're working together for Hmm. the same goal, as opposed to working against each other for the same goal. You know, like when they're like that. Like when they're, so they're working together, they're pooling their resources to try and find a way to get him back to Fillory and they go and they meet who ends up being Ember and they find the clock and, you know, but they're, they have, it's the same idea where there's one goal, but instead of fighting for it, we're pooling our resources for it. And I thought that that was an interesting comparison. Yeah. Yeah, because in season one, I don't know if you remember when Alice and Margot, like at the beginning, beginning, uh, Alice flees a break bill and she say like, uh, oh, you won't have competition. And Margot is mm. like, I like competition as they're like, I wanted to be your friend and all I knew mm-hmm. was to be a rival. So I really like this idea of, of uh, friendship via versus uh, rivalry especially is the last time we saw them like slip of a chair and i'm doing that in big quote was the time um elliot fell from his chair and then <laughs> yeah. there was a treason so like elliot i think understand the kind of like and also like for elliot to say i know it's not going good but it's gonna be mm-hmm. okay 
is a big deal because at the beginning of season one, when Quentin said, like, if you're going to tell me, everything's going to be okay. Mm. It was like, no, 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 everything's shit. But you're not alone here. And we can see kind of like Elliot's growth or Elliot's wisdom being like, I know you think everything's shit right now, but everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because you've gone through grief probably more than... And I don't know, I like this... um, this parallel mm-hmm. because we can see yeah, how totally. much grew in like a season. I don't think like season one, Elliot would have said that. No. Um, and the other thing, sort of going off of this, when they do meet Ember, um, Quentin gives another kick-ass speech. My God, Ellie's so turned on. I am a little bit <laughs> turned on. Where, where this sort of speech to Ember, like if you, you know, if you're saying that you you created this thing and you care about it, like let us. If you're too, you're not going to fight for it. Like why not let us fight for it? Like you created this thing, and clearly you love this thing because you have like a museum of it in your house. And yeah, you know? and like you're you're all about law and order, but you let case us reign there. Yeah. Like you're an asshole. <laughs> And and I love that Q is just like handing it to everybody this episode. Yeah, I but think I, it's just fucking done being nice. It, so okay, you know what this this made me think about is in there's a, a video game called um, oh my gosh the one with the time traveling lesbians I keep forgetting the name. Um, I could go look at it. I have the last stuff up and it's not that's Life is Hold Strange. On. Thank you. Life is Strange. Um, and there is a prequel to it called Before the Storm. Yeah. And in Before the Storm, there's a mechanic where when you're – because you're playing kind of like a sassy character, so yeah. kind of a rebel. And there is a mechanic where when you're you're having like a fight with someone, um, you have to say like a certain – you have to win like tiny battles and then you win the war of the fight. So like let's say there's five – times where like you have to one up the other person and say the right thing that's what i like saw when i when quentin was having these fights i was just like oh he like won that fight like yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah. and i think like his arguments is just calling people bullshit yeah because i think Fuck off. Well, and I think that bullshit is us like have some some kind of like internal rivalry with ourselves, like we were talking about, where like we we spend a lot of times like telling ourselves things and convincing and parts of ourselves, you know, those the lady with the bun might convince us of certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and Quentin is calling out those other parts and saying, like, hey, fuck yeah. off. But also have you noticed what Elle does with Quentin, like we know that Quentin is a fixer, that he needs always something to do. Mm. And like he was sad and he just told him like it's going to be okay and said, okay, so now I have I have this problem, help me fix it. Mm-hmm. And Q went in like help mode. <laughs> you know, like he went to like, okay, yes, the clock, blah, blah, blah. Like, And you saw his eyes kind of change. And I don't know how much uh, Elliot needed Quentin. No, he kind of needed him. But I think like... It was a gesture of pure kindness mm. of Elliot just saying like, I'm going to distract you right now. Yeah. And now I, I'm just thinking of a lot of fanfic. That... Um, also, I would like to have this um, this discussion from Rivalry about the gods and Fillory. Hmm. Explain. Because you have a lot, we have a lot of that in the, in the, in the, season basically but um in this episode i think it's that the, the it's showing that amber and umber mm-hmm. are are kind of done with fillory mm-hmm. but fillory is fighting to stay alive mm-hmm. and i think like we see everything about it in this in this episode first 
um, when like when amber um, they discovered that it's amber uh, amber amber it's amber uh, it was like yeah I made a deal with Martin and like whatever you know like it, and, and and Quentin was like, you were ready to leave the, the world. And you tried to pass it on as like, it's just one of my creation. But then, like you said, uh, 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 Quentin called his mm-hmm. bullshit. About, and then after that, he said, uh, oh, so you fled Philly, so you went to Vancouver. <laughs> and was like, yeah, Philly, uh, Canada was the next. next choice. I, yeah. agree <laughs> I agree with that. But how, like, even when he fled, he tried to go to something that made him remind yeah. In that Fillory, and then he said, like, Fillory cannot be ruled. And he said that to Elliot, mm-hmm. who is actively trying to survive and fight for mm-hmm. Fillory and for its survival. Even like, when like, the god like start to laugh in his face, Elliot's not taking yeah. it. He's like, fuck you. And even he say like, it's my home. Yeah. And I'm going to fight for it. If you don't want to fight for it, let us fight for it. And, and that's the moment I think um, Ember understand like oh there are people that still mm. care and he even say like oh well, i'm sure amber is like bored right now and he's turning like once he said oh, i'm not going to turn everyone into rat and elliot was like oh my god he cut <laughs> me. but like how the gods don't take that world seriously yeah. meanwhile people that live in this world see sounds it like, like politicians <laughs> oh oh Ooh, it's like people that make uh, the, 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 the that has power don't, don't yeah make like it, how uh, they make the decision it makes me think about at a, a smaller than you know i was thinking about like the president for example smaller even smaller than that i'm, I'm thinking about a school board um this happens a lot where school mm-hmm. boards make decisions without consulting teachers and teachers are like what the fuck are you doing um as someone with an education yeah. background uh and I'm, I'm thinking about about that or like when p especially like when those people have never been in the position that they're making decisions for so like they've never been teachers but now they're making decisions for teachers and they have no connection with the group that they're supposed to be supporting. Um, And that's what this is making me Mm -hmm. think of. Yeah. And especially when we, like when we talk about it. um, And then, Oh, oh, can I I say one more thing before I forget? And then I think like, and then it's interesting because those groups that are supposed to be supporting each other end up becoming rivals. Yeah. They're fighting against each other instead of working together for the same goal. Exactly. And I think that, like, we, uh, Ember is explaining that Hillary is built mm-hmm. on a posit. And, like, even it on, on the, his own survival is the opposite of what the gods want. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, also, just a small note what the fuck calling your word Cuba? <laughs> but it's a cube. Yeah, I know. Okay, think about any word, okay? Words they're stupid. My favorite was um uh when they were when I was watching, oh my gosh, BuzzFeed Unsolved and they were talking about how movies, they were just like, it's pictures that move. Let's call them movies. <laughs> and they were like, that's like if we called sneakers walkies. <laughs> like it's true well, though. For a long time we were talking movie, we're talk we're called talkies. <laughs> so words are so dumb. The end. Yes. Um, if we continue with the gods, I would like just to talk about Reynard and, and Persephone. Yeah, sure. Um, well, and Reynard and, and well, John. Kane, and Cain, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's... so Reynard versus 
Senator Kane. Yeah, John. Yeah. Um, which one do you want to talk first? I think we should go in chronological order because it makes me feel better. So let's talk okay, about Senator Kane. Yeah, I just, okay. I mean, I think that there's a clear, right, they, um, they have, oh, hmm, I don't know how to say words right now, but like there, I mean, there's obviously a, a clear, like they want different things. So I don't know if that counts as a rivalry. I feel like it does. That's why I don't feel like this definition of a rivalry. I, is- no, I, think, I think it does. Yeah. Because in the end, they both want Kane to be the president. By, mm, but so, they don't want it for the same reason. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I meant their. I guess I meant their smaller motives in this episode. But yeah, as the overarching goal, you're right. Um, but I think it's like Kane is fighting against him, you know, tooth and nail. Uh, yeah. And so is Reynard. Like Reynard fucking kills his wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why do you think that? Um, I think it was just like a power play. To be like, because that's not how you win your son. Do you think Reinhardt goes around like fucking raping and murdering people? You think he's a good idea? I know, but he, he was not, like, he was kind of nice and helping and showing him magic and how to use his power, and then goes completely the opposite. And I just thought that it might be a punishment for going to break bills. He, you thought that he what? Maybe it's a punishment well, to go back to. Break well, yeah, bills. it was. He said you saw those witches again, yeah. and then handed him the yeah. ear. Yeah. That's right. what it was. Instead of like giving him a timeout, <laughs> he killed his <laughs> wife and uh, left her in the year. You know, exactly. as a nanny, I do not condone this form of uh, <laughs> reprimanding of your children. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, but yeah. And I think, come on though, like the ultimate I- rebellious fuck you is killing yourself and turning yourself into a weapon that can kill your parent. <laughs> yeah. But I think this, this shows like, Reynard and Kane shows what hate to your parents can do. Mm. Because basically Reynard act because Persephone ignore him. Yep. And Kane is acting because his dad won't leave him alone. Mm. And and in both ways, what they do might not be the right or the good or the right thing. But they act out because they are against someone that wants something else and from al- them. Also, the want. fact that it took them literally being able to murder him point blank for Persephone to give a shit. Yeah. Fuck Persephone. And that is something that... She gets the vase but the thing today. Is... <laughs> but the thing is, and that's something that we're going to learn a bit more in the third third, the third season, uh, the gods have disappeared. They voluntarily disappeared. Persephone showing up is an anomaly. So, like, I, I, I don't think she showed up for Reynard. I think she showed up for Julia. Well, she could have showed up for Julia before because, she got raped. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I, because she said, like, there's consequence to killing gods because we know that when Quentin's going to kill a god next episode, Spoilers. that magic's going to... That magic is going to leave. But I think Persephone knew Julia enough that Julia will never forgive Mm. herself for that. And I do think that she stopped Julia from killing Reynard. For Julia. For Julia's sake. And and I just realized that it was never about Reynard. Also, in that moment, I had written down that she, Persephone, gives Julia the choice. Like, she freezes everyone else. 
but gives Julia the choice. She doesn't just come in and take Reynard away. And in this moment, there's Julia versus herself, which is an interesting versus her internal one because she doesn't have her shade. And so I think that's really interesting that she still makes that choice without her shade. And, um, and Katie, Katie's so mad. Um, with reason, because she killed yeah. a man. And I mean, even before that, they've done so much. And like, Katie showed herself vulnerable and when she's, she just like killed Kane. <clears throat> and Julia's like, okay, just go go get washed. Yeah. I'm going to take care of the rest. But like, she was shaking and crying and we never saw Katie like I also that with Julia. I Only also wanted Katie. to... And I think yeah. she's mad about that. I also wanted to say in that moment of... There is also this Katie fighting herself of a try. Well, not fighting herself, but fighting Kane's manipulation of her. Like there's this moment where, because we've seen like, and that just shows how strong Katie is because we've seen like, right. When he does this with muggles, right. Like, like he did it with his wife and she's like, of course, honey. Like, you know, like the creepy Stepford wife. Um, But with her, she's like, no, I don't want to. Like she's actively fighting it. Um. Yeah, I like her yeah. words were so strong that Going like, she into could them, feel yeah. him pierce it. Yeah, and I think like the, um, I think Katie and, and Julia had the same goal, but not the same reason why. And that's why in the end, Julia's mercy mm. pissed off Katie. Because Katie saw it as a revenge and an accomplishment yeah. of all the effort. Meanwhile, Julia not doing it was the result yeah. of everything they did. And this moment will change Julia forever. And I think that's why she become more forgiving. And when she's a goddess, Spoilers. she's more giving. You're not going to be there anyway. <laughs> um, so do you have anything else on them? Or I was going to move on to Penny. Well, the yeah, one thing yeah. that is the last thing that I have written down, but I thought it was interesting. I noticed when they're trying to break into the poison room, when they're trying to break into the fountain, they're having this conversation about, because she's saying that she knows yeah can we can we stop to begin i had something about fillery that uh, i didn't mention but have you noticed how quentin complains that they changed the -hmm. the chat twins in the movie in the show they changed the chat and there are five (laughs) chat twins in the the book show versus uh book rivalry i I really think that the writer like that's saying funny. like yeah okay yeah so okay go ahead. um moving on to penny when uh he and uh sylvia are trying to break into the uh, poison room they're like outside the fountain and they're having this conversation and she manages she's like oh i cannot do this lock and penny's like what the fuck i, I know i want to know i want her i want a show about her um anyway she did so it'd be boring uh she could be in the underworld she's in the underworld uh anyway yeah, I remember. No, anyway, so, um, but this assumption, he's like, okay, who did your dad piss off? This assumption that there's a rivalry happening, I think is really interesting. That mm. he's just like, like, what are you like, doing uh, here? Who are you? Like, who did he piss off? With that yeah, exactly. Know. And she refused to answer. And when he said, like, what do you want to do? And she's like, you don't believe me. Some people do shit for yeah. themselves and not for others. And- like, she calls him of trying to help everyone. Oh. And I think like, that's why. Mm. And I never saw Penny and, mm. and her as rivals. Well, they have, no, they, they, well, I mean, they have the same goal and they accomplish it together. Their goal is to get into the poison room and they accomplish it by working together. 
they're really they're reluctant yeah. uh, together yeah. a bit like, like him and but, but they are working together for the same mm -hmm. goal and they do accomplish that goal together so I would argue that they're not rivals I think it's more like Sylvia and Penny yeah. against the library because like even they, Sylvia was they like, sound like I'm court cases bored and I'm stuck Penny here. against the state of New York um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh do you have anything that was my last thing but yeah um but yeah uh, i would like to talk about the fact that sylvia calls out the 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 how the library lies and we know it lies and more and more and more but uh, she, because she says uh, he says like well yeah when your book is written there's no way changing it and she's like yeah mm -hmm. but i reshelved your book 39 times so like what the library the like tells you like that's that's I think a hint here to Penny that like yeah. there's more than what meet the eyes right now. That also uh, we talk about the mm -hmm. great blank spot for the first time, and another thing that mm -hmm. the library didn't say, told to Penny. So I think and like um, sure can I spoil a bit of season four for you? Okay, there's a cure for the poison room, and. Penny will die anyway. Zelda refused to give it, give the cure to him. But when she and Katie get poisoned, she's gonna give the the cure to Katie because she wanted Penny to die to go in the underworld and fulfill his destiny. And I'm putting that in with quote. So like, the libraries yeah. is, um, are really manipulative, and I think Penny yeah. falls a lot into their lies and believes them blindly. And we kind of see that with like. Yeah, you said that by the way, and it's so true. Of like, um, we didn't <laughs> thought that the poison like, room there was poison on. in the air, and it was not just it's a literal literally thing. The poison room. It's it's like, like uh, it's like movies. It's just what it is. The word just says what it is. Yeah. And you're not able to read your notes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah, okay. Woo. So when uh when uh, that last time we see Penny, that's gonna be my last thing. Uh, you tell Katie like, um, mm -hmm. oh, I've got your book. Falls down. Julia, uh, like Katie's like help. And the next scene, it's Julia, and she's like, How's Penny? Is he is he is he alive? And 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 then after after that, she's like, I should have mm -hmm. phrased that better. And Katie's like, Yup. And I think Julia, yeah. that's again Julia battling herself without a shade. It's you like, know what it, it reminds whoa, me that of was a little bit? Rude. It reminds me of, and like, <laughs> I am not of this experience, but it reminds me of stories that I've heard about folks who are on the autism spectrum of like saying things, like trying to, because yeah. they can be very direct um, with things that they say, like like that, like, oh, is he live, dead? Like just asking a question. Um, and they, you know, there's sort of a lack of social cues. And I see that a lot with people who don't have their shape. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it reminds me of is like, it's like they're, just lacking the social context a lot of times um not to say that folks on the autism spectrum are like gonna be murderers <laughs> but you know what i mean they're lacking a context a lot of times within just in social situations i think that's kind of interesting we're gonna move on to do some lectio divina um Yay. basically uh lectio divina is a 14th century monastic practice um but we're obviously not using it with the bible we're going to use it with a phrase from the script so while Kat is looking for a phrase, uh, I'm going to explain a little bit about what we're going to do. So basically the first step is just 
looking at what's literally happening. So we're going to read the phrase and say, okay, what's literally happening here at this point in the episode. Um, Then the next uh, step is looking at what stories it makes us think of. So it could remind us of, uh, you know, other works of fiction or really any kind of stories. Um, And, uh, then our the third step is thinking about stories in our own lives or times in our own lives that that uh, that phrase reminds us of. Uh, and then the last step is just <clears throat> excuse me, I have a cold. Uh, and then the last step is just thinking about how we feel called based on our conversation, what we feel called to do in our own lives. And I can't believe I remembered all of that. I don't even need my paper. It's like you did it for like. <laughs> You killed me. <laughs> no, that's not 13. You we killed just started me. Um, so, Kat, what is our sentence? <laughs> now, maybe. Sorry. Now, maybe you can help by letting it run its course. Okay. I don't know where this is from. So, can you tell me? Yes. So, basically, first step is what literally mm-hmm. happened. And uh, this is Elliot trying to comfort Quentin and telling him, like, I know you're upset and I know, like, like you are worried that by being near Alice, you're upsetting her. So maybe you should give mm. her space. And so, so that's what he says. I'm going to repeat you. the sentence. Now, maybe you can help by let it, it, maybe now, maybe you can help by let it, it run. It's so <clears throat> I'm not like a specific story isn't coming to mind, but it's making me think of the trope in like, you know, in literature and in uh, media and things like that of somebody who like they should just fucking wait and instead they go and are proactive about something that like they should just wait and it would be fine, but then they mm-hmm. go and you know, the real life, uh, I mean, well, there's, there's a, a, a real life scenario this makes me think of, but I'm going to write it down for the next step. But yeah, it makes me think of that. Uh, it makes me think of that idea of somebody who like is just like this would have would have been fine if you didn't I feel like it's very sitcom-y often yeah it makes me think of uh, Harry Potter Mm -hmm. the third book when they have to watch themselves do dumb stuff oh yeah back in time and Harry and Hermione have to see themselves like go to Agrid and like Harry could have killed Peter Mm. there or like stunned Snape but it didn't, and he needed for for him to be able to help Sirius and Bugbeak. He needed to let mm, the thing run its course. So, for um, what it makes me think of, like a story that it makes me think of in my own life, uh, it just makes me think of this time <clears throat> where I. So the only time that I was ever broken up with and was not the breaker upper, um, I had a really, a really hard time because I was like super into this guy and like everything was perfect and whatever. And then like he, um, this is back when I was still presenting as female and he confided to me after a couple of months that he thought he was gay. And I was like, me too. I'm also a gay man. Um, and it just like, you know that like wasn't doing it for him um and so we had to we ended up breaking up and that was really hard like that was the only time like you know like this it seems like absolutely ridiculous in like a tv show when someone's like has been broken up with and they're just like laying in bed with chocolates like i literally could not get out of bed like i had like a, a severe depression after this breakup and just like like i remember the day after all i could do was like lay in bed and cry um and i really am like the kind of person who wants to fix things and like i had to just and like 
come to terms with the fact that this wasn't something that I could fix. And I just had to like let it run its course. And like we're friends yeah. now and we talk and whatever. And like it's fine. And now we laugh because I'm like, you're the first person I told I was trans. Ha ha. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that was that was a time where that happened for me. And it's also making me think about just this this general thing that happens a lot. My my best friend um has anxiety and <laughs> their partner likes to just not text them when they're mad and they're like, should I text them back? Should I text them back? And I'm like, no, you need to just you're gonna just make it worse if you keep texting them. Like, if they're not texting you back, just wait. You gotta just wait it out. And so it's making me think about that when, like, mm-hmm. when people aren't aren't responding to you. I do this too, but like, I'm a little better at managing it than they are, where they need me to be like, don't text them. Um, but yeah, it's making me think about that too. That people do a lot. <laughs> I like what that. What about you? And it's funny because. It made me think of um, my ex too. Of uh, before I met you, I was with the mm-hmm. rather abusive ex that made me believe that it was my own world. So when uh, I decided to break up, it was still yeah. the hardest thing I ever did. And it's just last year in therapy that I never get to. Okay, it's kind of complicated, but basically, it was over text that I had to break mm-hmm. up with him because we were long distance. Funny enough, I, after that, I told uh, myself I'll never have long distance relationship again. And then I met you. Um, but uh, I never mm. had to like tell him in his face. And I learned later that mm. he never understood why I broke up. And I could not let mm. that go. And mm. how like at one point she's like, do you re- realize that you might, you might like the fact that he might not even think about how, how much he hurt me. I could not let that go and how yeah. like it was ruining my life. That anger and that like <laughs> sadness that I was not letting myself go. And at one point, my, my therapist made me face mm-hmm. him in my mind. We had like this like art therapy thing and anyway, it's complicated, but she made me talk to him and I cried my eyes out. But still since then I let it go. But I think like part of me, <laughs> like when um, when Elliot says, um, uh, like you can help by letting it run its course. I should have like, okay, I broke up. I have my my mm-hmm. pain, and then I move on. Yeah, but I refuse to move on because mm-hmm. it was not like in my head. So yeah, it makes me think of 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 letting go, even yeah, of expectation like of what things should be. Um, and so, can, uh, so the final step is what do we feel called to in our own lives? Can you read the sentence again, please? Yes. Now maybe you can help by letting it. Yeah, I its think course. that. I feel like this is the same as last week, but I feel like I am a very controlling person. I like to, that's like how I manage my anxiety is by sort of being very organized and having control over things. And like, there are some things that I can't have control over. And so just continuing to try and remind myself that sometimes things are better left untouched. Like I don't need to just keep picking and picking and trying to fix and trying to fix things like some things. It's just like, it's better if you like, you know what it makes me think about? It makes me think about cooking. And when uh, your mom, Kat's mom was teaching me how to cook something and she was like, now you just have to let it sit for five minutes. Don't touch it. And I was like, that's going to be the hardest five minutes. I want to stir it. And she's like, you can't stir it. You got to just let it be. And that's what it, that's what it makes me think about. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it makes me think about um, how I'm the most impatient person when yeah. I'm anxious and something needs to happen for my anxiety to leave. Uh, I need... Um, I was literally uh, just going to say whenever you have a meeting at work. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I have... Or, um, or just like, okay, uh, this event has to happen and then after that I can be... Like this anxious thing mm-hmm. has to happen and after that I will be okay. And I will f- be so impatient and unable yeah. to focus on anything else but that thing that I'm waiting for. So I think I'm going to have to learn and work on yeah. letting time be time. And I get <laughs> frustrated at that and you call me out a lot on there's nothing else you can do. So I think yeah. I'm going to have to it's work on that in 2020. <laughs> Uh, all right, now it's time for the yeah. flower in the vase. <laughs> and I am so ready to throw my vase. Yeah. At, oh, well, yeah. If you don't know what First it is by now. Okay, so it's no, no, basically no, um, <clears throat> a an expression that means sort of don't give a, a backhanded compliment. But we use it for, we pick one mm-hmm. person who we think did, you know, well at life in this episode and one person who was a jerk basically and we don't appreciate what they did in this episode and my person that i'm throwing my vase at is persephone Mm -hmm. because i don't appreciate that she decides to come to julia now and i don't totally know what her motivations are like maybe it's for julia maybe it's for herself and reynard i don't know but i don't like it and i think it's rude to like come in and be a savior at this point in the game like get out yeah exactly like yeah like um And then I will give my flower to, hmm, who will I give my flower to? I'm trying to think about everyone in this episode. Um, I would give my flower to Sylvia for just, like, fucking living her life and doing her thing and being a badass woman who's not owned by any man. She's like, I'm yeah, doing this for myself. Like Go that. away. And also who wasn't like, oh, save me, who was just like, no, like, I'm going <laughs> to die and like, go save yourself and like, it's fine. Yeah. You go, Sylvia. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to give my vase. Josh. To... <laughs> that was my secondary vase. <laughs> no. That was my little vase. My plan. I'm going to give my vase to Margo. Mm, for being a bitch. For needing help and refusing to ask for yeah. it. For ordering help instead yes. of asking for it. Hello, I would like help. <laughs> and I will give my flowers to... Oh, I'm hesitating between two. Can I give two? Is one to Fen? No. Good. Then fine, you can give two. <laughs> um, my first will be to Kane. Okay. To, uh, Senator Kane, mm. because he gave his life and... Call it suicide, call it, call it. I feel like he was a martyr in a way. And I think sadly it did the good thing. And then, and then it ended up being useless. Well, not useless because it got our attention, but. But yeah. And at the end, the the bullet is. That's what I mean. But if they didn't have the Uh, bullet, Persephone wouldn't have come. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, so like this whole like doing for the greater good. Um, And also I want to give my other flower um, to to 
Julia mm-hmm. for that moment when she's like checking herself and said like, oh, I shouldn't yeah. have said that that way. Because even with my shade, sometimes I tell that to myself and it takes a <clears throat> and like it, it's hard on my ego to call yeah. myself out. But like the fact that she's able to say mm-hmm. it, I don't know, like it takes a lot of willpower. Yeah, totally. So you go, Kane, and you Yay. go. Yay. We'll have pizza. Pizza. <laughs> I like how he sends her to get pizza. It's funny. All right. So, uh, well, we're going to go. And uh, next uh, episode is going to be the finale. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So and then after that, enjoy your, yeah, after that, enjoy your day. Else. Enjoy your post-murder pizza. Um, I hope you're enjoying season five if you're watching yeah. it. I do. I still haven't seen season four, so. It's mm. <laughs> <laughs> my New Year's resolution to catch the fuck up on this show. All right, bye. Bye. That was perfect. That was perfect.